our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Hi there and welcome everybody to the live Wednesday Bulletin on the 8th of February. I am joined by Chris Cherry. How are you doing today, Chris? How are you doing, Kyle? Thanks for having us again. Not too bad. I was a bit worried. I thought I thought Craig did uh, absolutely <laughs> patched us there before, before we started, but there we go. I had a big, a big intro uh, lined up for you there, Craig, but it's, it, insert your own, own joke about Texas Ranger. Um, it's great to have you on today, Craig. Thanks for having me, guys. The pleasure is all on this side of the pond. Yes, uh, it's, it's really good. I think that's us officially international. We've been in been in Australia now, now live live from the states. So, um, yeah, that can only only get good. And this uh, this is Ibrooks ever expanding network. Uh, look, in today's show, we've got a, a really really good show to talk about. We're going to try something a wee bit different and talk about. Um, what we think the guy's strongest 11 is. You know, I'm sure we'll talk about if everyone's fit, who we would include in there. Uh, I'm looking at you, Philip Lander, cough, cough. Um, see, you know, if it starts feeling like a Michael Beal team yet, um, you know, based on what we think our strongest 11 is, is, you know, who do we think is going to go in the summer? Where do we need to look to improve? Uh, maybe we look ahead to the Partick Thistle game on Sunday um, and a, a point that I, I think is just totally bullshit to be quite honest with you as is that um two only the rangers in the celtic game uh, over the weekend are, are going to have var involved in it uh be keen to get the guys thoughts uh on that but before we get into the podcast proper um just want to mention the sad passing of of john mcmillan at the age of 89 who was a former uh, president of the rangers supporters association during the, the, Craig, the Craig White years, which is, is no mean feat, uh, and was on the committee for, for the Rangers Fans Fighting Fund. Um, you know, I, not a guy that I, that I know personally, but just wanted to mention him as there's not been a bad word said about him and all the tributes that I've seen across Twitter and social media, and, and just want to pass on our condolences to the McMillan family from all at This Is Ibrooks. Um, yeah, it's difficult to move on from something like that, but uh, I'll come to you on that on this day first um, here, Chris. Uh, as always, from the account WTP72RFC, go and check it out if you've not already. Um, on this day in 2003, Rangers played their their second uh, last game uh, against Dunfermline that season, away from home, winning 3-1. Um, McCann, uh, I wonder how he celebrated that night. Um, Kanija and uh, Lorenzo Amoruso all on the score sheet. Uh, I think I, I, there was a wee goal uh, from it from Lorenzo Amoruso, I seem to remember it was just an absolute screamer of a free kick. But just a wee word in Amoruso for you, for uh, Chris there, just in yeah, and how good was he at scoring these types of goals? <laughs> Big stallion. Uh, I think when he first came to the club, when you used to see him going to take the free kicks, it was a bit of a, a running joke because he used to put them in the stands quite a lot of the time as well. But I think he did have the occasional 
Beltary Africa, I can't remember to be fair. But majority of times when I seen him going up to it, I can't remember who would have been the free kick taker at that time. But you're thinking, why is Amo even out of it? He did have some good good finishes in him. Yeah, uh, and Craig, just a wee word from you about about uh, Lorenzo Amoruso just just as a player. Oh, I love Big Ammo. Um, I was still in Scotland watching him at the time. Um, I didn't move over here until uh, spring of 2005. Loved Ammo. Um, funny wee story about Ammo. Um, I went to the NASA convention in 2011 when Walter Smith was back on his uh, second term as manager. And Ammo was one of the former player guests. And uh, I, w- there was a big kind of, it wasn't quite as well organized that year because I went this Vegas as well, but Big Am was on the stage and uh, there's this kind of informal line that had been uh, to meet Walter and uh, the team, you know. And uh, Am was there and I'm shaking Martin Bain's hand and talking away with him <laughs> and I've backed into Amoruso, big Lorenzo Amoruso, who I've looked up to for all these years, and I've knocked him off the back of the stage. <laughs> And he gets up and I was like, I'm so sorry. I was like, no problem, no problem. Uh, super nice guy, gentleman, and uh, what a player. What I'd, what a uh, gift to have him back in the team. Yeah, I totally agree with you. He's a great, a great centre-half, a great servant of the club and scored quite a few um, memorable goals. If it, there was this one I remember. There was one against Aberdeen, although I'm not sure that was a free kick. I just remember it being an absolute rocket. And, well, there's obviously the... The, the one against Celtic, I, I don't need to say say too much about that. But um, look, as I alluded to at the, at the start of the show, we're going to keep this conversation quite broad, quite open. Really keen to get everybody who's who's watching his comments on it because I <laughs> put two Ranger supporters in a room and uh, and yeah, we can disagree on all all the different points. But uh, look, Craig, I, I'll start with you here first on this. We're going to try and and see who we think the the sort of strongest eleven for for the team is. I don't think we're too far away from full fitness. We've got a couple of long term injuries out, like um, Halander uh, at the back. I've seen sort of Lawrence being sort of pushed into that long term injury um, category as well. But um, we'll we'll start we'll start off in the in the goalkeeping situation here. So a nice a nice easy topic of conversation for for you to, <laughs> to start on um, on your on your debut. But um, look, obviously we, we've got McGregor, um, McLaughlin, and and McCrory sitting in there. Um, you know, I think the, the the opinion is swung away back on on McLaughlin again because it, 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 he had a very poor game for me at, at, at the weekend. I know that Bill came out and said, look, you not just look at the goalkeeper, you look at the centre-halves, what are they doing, etc. But, um, yeah, who, who would you have in, 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 as, your, as your strongest Rangers goalkeeper here? Al McGregor, I don't think it's a question at this point. Um, you know, I think Michael Beale has been quite transparent in his press conferences. Um, I can't remember if it was the last one or the one before that where he, he pretty much opened up on the topic. You know, he, he hadn't ruled McLaughlin out. But he says he's going to rotate the keepers, which is understandable at McGregor's age. Um, you know, he touched on the young McCrory, said he's not trained enough, he's still dealing with an injury. Um, so I, I think, from what I can tell, Beale still regards McGregor as number one for right now. I don't think it's any secret they'll be in the transfer market in the summer for a, a new goalie. Whether uh, I, I don't think McLaughlin will ever be number one, I don't think he's good enough. Um, and uh, the the jury's out on Young McCrory whether he can make that step up or not. Uh, I'd like to see it, but we just haven't seen enough of him. I think he played one random old firm game and he did fine, but yeah, you know, he's not he's not had any minutes like McLaughlin's had. So I think we need to see more of that. Um, I'd like to see us maybe go out and buy a real uh, of a keeper and make that one of the major uh, transfer uh, priorities for the summer, and maybe have McCrory as uh, as number two and give him some minutes. That would be my opinion. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. Chris, I, again, I know this has been kind of talked to death about uh, a bit on times, uh, on, on, especially in our group chat, but um, you know, I heard an interesting opinion McCrory's due back in what three, four weeks I think it is, and, and I've heard a couple of people now just saying, look okay, although the league's not mathematically over, but surely he's got to be worth um, just when he's fit, just sticking in goals for the rest of the season, or would you continue to stick with with uh, McLaughlin um, McGregor rotation? I wouldn't rotate it, but I would stick with McGregor. I think today in the season, uh, 
I think if McCrory was good enough, he would be playing by now because the two keepers we've got the new only covering themselves in glory. Uh, we've still got two cups to play for, and you never know what could happen in the league. So I wouldn't be rotating the keepers. I think McLaughlin everybody had the opinion that he was better coming for crosses, but I think the last couple of games that you've seen him play, he's kind of <laughs> debunked that myth. Uh, McGregor, you know what you're getting with him. He's only got a couple of months left in him, but I would stick with McGregor and. I would uh, try and get a, a new keeper in the summer's priority. I'm not really interested in the likes of like Begovic and that, the, the Premier League guys that haven't played for years. I would like to see us go for a guy in his 20s, mid-20s, and try and get a bit of long, longevity with him. But I don't know what kind of budget we're going to have set aside for a goalkeeper. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Bring bring back Ronald Waterhouse and 100,000 from, from Man City or whatever it was. <laughs> that's, that's the type of transfer that I'm looking for here. Um, look, Chris, I'll, I'll stick with you in the next one. So the next position that, that, that we'll come to is, is uh, right back. Um, there's only really two two candidates for this. I think I think I know everybody's um, choice in terms of, I don't think there's a question that, that, that Tav is, is the, the strongest right back, but um, is it maybe time to have a, a a wee conversation about how his season's going? Because I, I was looking at it there, he's got five assists and eight goals in the league. I think all bar one or two of those are, are penalties. Um, what, what's your thoughts here? Do you think that he deserves a wee bit of, not deserves, that's the wrong word, but he's... He, maybe could be rested a bit more than, than what he has been. I know that they've not really mentioned it, but my suspicion is, is that he is carrying some sort of niggle and, and, and has been for, for, for quite a while. But yeah, in terms of right-back, who, who would you say was the, was the strongest right-back at Rangers at the moment? Still Tav, without a doubt. Uh, I think he, he actually confirmed he did have a knock his cell, I think, maybe a few months ago. I think everybody could see it the way he was playing. Uh, but under Gio, he wasn't really as influential as... You can see now, I think he's getting a wee bit more involved. But at the weekend, I was sitting there, I think it was near the end of the game, and I was looking, I was thinking, he he actually has the weak link on this part just now, and I was quite surprised by that. I don't think he was having a terrible game, but he wasn't the influence in the game as much as Borna is on the left-hand side. Obviously, when Bill was here before under Gerard, that we were heavy reliant on the wing-backs, but I feel Borna's playing better than the two of them. But again, Devine... I don't think he's anything better than average for what I've seen so far. I think Tav deserves to get cut a bit of slack for his recent... He's played nearly every game since he's been here. Yeah. To, to cut him a wee bit of slack if he does have a dip in form. If it is an injury, then fair enough. Hopefully next season he, he gets a good pre-season in him and he can get back to full fitness. But again, I wouldn't mind seeing somebody coming in that could realistically challenge him for the right-back berth as well. Yeah, totally agree. And and Craig, a fantastic servant to the club. Tav, he's you know he's, he's been really good. His goal record and assist record speaks for itself. Um, but you know certainly a, a few times this um, season and particularly more than others, I suppose there's been quite a lot of people frustrated with him. As Chris said, there he maybe did look a wee bit of a weak link at, at the back at times, and and I just. All I'm saying is that his, his standards are very high, and I just I don't think he's quite been at the same standards as, as what he has been in the previous seasons. What would you do with that? I mean, there's a wee comment here coming in from from Paul McGarrigal. I, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but I know exactly who he was talking about. We were linked with a right back. Do you think that's a position that Rangers will look to look to strengthen, or do, would you just maybe stick with Devine and just you know rotate the two of them a wee bit more, sort of like the the Patterson Tav dynamic that there was uh, a couple of seasons ago? Uh, you know, I have mixed feelings. I think Tavernier is the club captain. Um, he, you're right, he's been a magnificent servant, but the Rangers captain is judged on a different berth than everybody else. Yeah. You know, he's been at the club eight years. Um, you know, he, he started in, uh, you know, a Warburton team that, that took us back to the top. And, um, and, and forget, he'd never forget what he's done for the club and his European runs and his goal-scoring records and assists. We've never really had a right back like that, and what kind of modern day right back? I think we were crying out for that in years gone by. So I've got nothing but praise for James Tavenu. Unfortunately, he's one of these players that have been around long enough to kind of get a, a pass for me. Uh, Morelos is another one, you know. That, yeah. I, I think I think you know we, we're appreciative of what we've done, but it's time to look forward. Is Tavenu 
the answer going forward. I think in the short term, yes. In the long term, I'm not so sure. Um, I think he is a defensive liability, especially in the big games. We can only judge players by the stuff we've seen from in the past and it's blown hot and cold. So, I mean, James Tavernier, club captain, wonderful goal scoring record, wonderful servant to the club, but how many managers, how many trophies? These are the questions that need to be asked. So I'm going to err on the harsh side of things when it comes to James Tavernier, but again, I'm not judging him in the same way I'm judging Adam Devine, who I think is capable of coming through and playing as well. But is he the long term? I'm not so sure. But the big question mark on the right back position for me. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree with you there. This is where we're all surprised and Matthias Sikowski comes back from his loan spell in, in Poland like an absolute beast, just ready to take that that right back spot. But yeah, it'll be interesting. I certainly I totally agree with you there, Craig, is in terms of that that will be something that, that we come to, to look at uh, in the summer. Um, next one, Craig, I'll stick with you. I, I think it's fairly straightforward here. There's quite a few players to pick from. I was going to put James Sands um in this sort of, of bracket but yeah just but based on both your reactions there i, I think i was right <laughs> to leave him out but um I, again i don't think it's we need to say who we think the strongest pair in here but i've put down davies and golton obviously we've got Suter, um who is uh i think he's still out in the minute just waiting but he's very very close we got leon king and, and phil Hollander. now my argument would be that i think a fully fit Hollander is our best defender at the club but he's not so based on the sort of partnership over the last sort of eight nine games i've been really really encouraged by by um ben davies and connor goldson craig yes um and and since bills came back he said it himself you build a team from the back and uh he's i think he rushed goldson back and it's probably a gamble that's paid off for him because you know his, his record so far has been great uh, barring the draw against Celtic, we should always win those games. But um, I think I think uh, Ben Davis has been great. Kind of reminds me of Davy Weir, the way he reads the game. Kind of goes about his business in a more quiet front. Um, yeah, Halanda a bit more physical. Um, but I, I would I would agree with your first comment there. If Halanda was fit and firing, I, I would probably had him in, in front of Davis. But then again, we've only seen Davis on a run. Of, what since Beal's been here, so um, not comparing apples with apples, but I think uh, they're playing well so far. Um, long may continue. I like that balance having a left-sided player. So whether that's Suter, whether it's Holanda, whether it's Davis, um, and as Davis, keep hearing Ben Davies for a lot of people, <laughs> and I cringe every time I hear it. It's Ben Davis. Mm-hmm. But uh, I digress. So I, I would say that, that that's the strong pairing for now. I would like to see sent another sign another second half in the summer as well. Um, but that's that that's all dependent on if Suter can come back and find fitness and challenge for first team place. Yeah, again, it's I totally agree with you. I think that's something the manager was alluded to uh, when he was a few weeks ago when he was rattling off a list of areas that we need to strengthen. And I was a bit surprised when he mentioned centre half, but now thinking about it and seen it on paper, especially with big Phil's name there, it, it does kind of make a bit of sense and I, I'm quite encouraged that we're already looking um, to strengthen in that position. Look, Chris, I'll, I'll come to you in the in, in the next uh, aspect here. Obviously, it's it's left-back. Now, like a lot of people, I, I, I just assumed that when, when Barisic, uh, or sorry, when Yilmaz is, is back fit, Barisic would be, would be out of the team, but we've I was going to say we've seen somewhat of a, a bit of a revitalisation uh, with Barisic uh, since Beal's come in, because it has been fantastic. Um, there was a wee stat I was looking at here, he's third in the assist charts in the SPFL, which I found abs- I just I would never have thought that. But he's got seven assists and one goal from the weekend there. Um, and again, I was thinking... You know, is it Beal that's come in that's changed this? But he was quite consistent. He was arguably our most consistent player under that really, really poor form when when Gio was the manager. What What is your thoughts on, on this sort of left-back situation? Is it as straightforward as it's when Yilmaz is back? Do we expect him to go straight into the team after a couple of weeks, after getting a wee bit up to fitness? Or, or do you think that we're going to see um, Warrior Borner can continue for the, for the rest of the season? Uh, no, it was the same as you. Obviously, I thought when Yilmaz comes in, he would be straight into the team after a few weeks. But as you said, Bourne has 
he's up to it here since uh, Bills came in. I don't know if that is down to Bill or, or what, but his deliveries in the last few weeks have been brilliant on point constantly. There's just nobody there to attack on the other end. Or he's, he would probably be tapping as this chart's been out. Yeah, uh, but it's his head shot to lose, the same as every other player. They're all, they're all fighting for their shot. I just think the price tag that Yilmaz has got, it's hindering over him in it. He, he needs to be the long term uh, solution, but we've not seen enough of him to know is he fit, does he even fit into Bill's style of play or whatever. But yeah, I think Bonner, as you said, he's consistent in that, but he's always got a car crash running him around the corner, isn't he? So. Maybe wait till the next old fun games by and we'll see where we're at. That's it. And I'll stick to you, Chris. Were you surprised at the amount of assists that he had this season? Because see if you'd asked me how many assists he'd had, no way would I have said seven. I'd, I'd have maybe said like three, maybe four at a push. But like that's surprised me, to be honest with you. Uh, I think a lot of them have been under the radar this season. Usually, like him and Tav, you, you know they've got high assists, but he yeah, yeah, must have got quite a few under the G would imagine because I can't I can't see him. I think he's got is it eight assists he's on seven eight assists yeah yeah I think, uh, just in the last few weeks he's had a couple of, <laughs> as I said good deliveries in that and if folk attacked him he would have made assists but uh, yeah he's kind of went under the radar yeah some of them off strikes again and and Craig where, where do you think or where do you sit in this divide do you think that that when Yilmaz is fit that, that given the price tag that we paid for him that he should be going into the Rangers team and and starting and, and, and playing well, or do you think it's a, a a bit more of a case of you need you need to fight for your place, Bonner's playing well, and that he's got to take it off him? I think what you said last there is what Beal's laid down, isn't it? Um, I forget who it was that said in one of the press conferences. I, I don't think it was the manager at the time. But it might have been Ross Wilson, you know, and they said we've signed him for five years, not five minutes, something like that. Yeah. So we have to take that at face value, I suppose. Um, he is on a long-term contract. Uh, Bill will have a look at him. I think we've only seen Yelmaz in one cup game or something when he came in at home at Ibrox. He looked very comfortable, um, looked very quick, uh, got, got good deliveries in, etc. got to the byline. Um, he's a different kind of player than Borna in that sense. Um, but I, I agree with what Chris says. It's Borna's shot to lose at the moment. Um, but the big question mark again, Bonner is one of these players, same with Tav, Morelos, all these stalwarts that have been with us for a number of years now. How long can he keep up this form? That's that's the big question. And can we sign enough quality to back it up when they do dip in form, bring someone else in and maintain the standards? That's what we all need. Yeah, 100%. Totally agree there. Um, it will be interesting to see. I said, I've, I've gone back and forward on it. I think, I think if Bonner stays in this condition I, th- I think it'll be really hard for for Yilmaz to take his place but as, as Chris said there like he's always got a bit of a horror show uh around the corner so we'll we'll see um Craig I'll stick with you in this point here as well um this is <laughs> this is where it gets interesting and we could probably spend the next half hour uh of the podcast just talking about the sort of midfield and and the sort of front three if you will but um but for the arguments of this I'll, I'll the majority of games that builds played maybe not withstand withstanding the weekend and given the fact that lundstrom was injured um it maybe put on a slightly more attacking but i'll say that we're playing sort of two sitting midfielders here um you've got lundstrom to pick from you've got jack kamara um raskin now um Steve Davis and James Sands. Um, what do you think is our, our strongest pairing out of out of this? These sort of six, after all, really and, and do you think that I don't know? I've heard people saying that you know Lundstrom and, and Jack don't really complement each other, or, or Lundstrom and Kamara don't really complement each other. Are you of that school of thought as well, or, or or what? What would your sort of two defensive midfielders be? Uh, it's a good problem to have in a sense, isn't it? But um, I think, uh, you know, <laughs> the timing of you asking me, I'll take Lundstrom and Kamara based off the form at Tynecastle. If they can yeah. do that all season, then that's exactly what we need. Um, I, I do take your point on the blend and getting that right. Uh, Jack and Kamara seem to be the one that didn't really complement each other. Um, again, Ryan Jack, you know, jury's out on him just based on staying fit. If he can stay fit, that's great. Um, but, you know, an on-form John Lundstrom, an on-form Glenn Kamara, 
uh, at Tynecastle the other night. That's a standard. Um, if Raskin can come in and, and, and continue that standard, if, if those standards dip, like I said last point, um, that would be ideal for me. But um, right now, um, I, I don't think there's anyone that uh, can we can rely on um, in terms of being in and out of form. So I would stick with the informed players. Lundstrom took a knock. Uh, supposedly not meant to be as bad as it is, but um, I would go with a fully fit uh, and informed Lundstrom and Kamara. Yeah, I, th- I think that I think that's a fair shout. Um, Paul McGarrigle here says going forward, some games it could be Raskin and Kamara. I think that's that's got me very excited. Um, based on ten minutes, I think that would maybe be my two that 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 I would I would choose for for these positions. But um, Chris, are you going to are you going to say anything different? I mean, I think this is an area perhaps where, well, how do you say this? Is how um, the, the players have underperformed the most. I'm looking at that list: the Lundstrom, Jack, Kamara, Sands, and and maybe a bit harsh and, and Stephen Davis. But I certainly think that, that the the other four that I've mentioned there have, have largely underperformed this season and and. Um, yes, yeah, should be doing a lot better. Hopefully, the the inclusion of of Raskin in this department kind of maybe puts a, a wee rocket up their backside. Some something Craig alluded to there that that, that Tynecastle was their best or Rangers' best performance of the season. Do I think it was a coincidence that that, that Lundstrom and, and Kamara were absolutely um, on at that game? No, but yeah, what was your sort of favour to in, in the sort of defensive uh, or defensively holding positions? I think you're right when you're saying all the midfields underperformed this year, but for me, I've only seen about eight, nine minutes they're asking. I'm going to put them in in my strongest <laughs> yes. and I'm going to Lundstrom alongside them for me. Uh, but I want to see Lundstrom getting back to the, the kind of way he was playing against Celtic when Bassey was there trying to assist him and he was giving yeah. him what for. I want to see that kind of Lundstrom with the Total disdain for his. I thought he was going to just rip the league apart this year and be the best centre mid uh, midfielder in the league defensively. But obviously he's been playing through injury this year, but he's he's just not played that well. I think when he's got the ball at his feet and he's trying to pass the ball that out, it's he's, that's not in his locker. It's not that kind of game. But I think if he's just to sit and let other players play, I think he's totally mm-hmm. suited to that as he's probably experienced in the Premier League for years. So I'm going to go Lundstrom and Raskin because it just looks like a baller. <laughs> Minus the socks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that's uh, I think he's already alluded to that in his his social media and said that he would sort his socks out, which is which is good for other Rangers dads out there. Um, look, Craig. See, before we come on to our next point, <laughs> I, I've got a wee question that I'd, I'd quite like to ask you. I don't know how how much you are into the MLS and stuff like that over there, but James Sands. How's 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 he, <laughs> how's he sort of viewed over in America? Because I know he was like sort of sniffing about, um, uh, you know, the national team a couple of times. I think he's had maybe one cap, two caps, something like that. But it just it seems to be a bit of a a, a field ex- experiment, James Sands, and he's just I've said it before in previous podcasts. He's just not really up to to Ranger standards. No, and and it's a shame because I, I wanted to see him succeed. Uh, you know, I, he came in. With a good structured loan, I liked having a look at players over 18 months rather than six. That was fair. Um, he's underperformed. I thought he did quite well. I mean, up until the PSV game, we qualified for the Champions League. He did quite well that game. Ever since, you know, um, it's not, not what's required. Um, to your first question, though, I don't watch a lot of MLS. I mean, I've been to a few Houston Dynamo games. It's like watching paint dry. Um, I think if you look at the US national team, you know, they filter their talent through big clubs in other countries. They're not not coming up through the MLS. You have to be an absolute superstar in the MLS um, uh, to to get a game for the USA national in which case you wouldn't be playing in the MLS anyway. So I I don't know. I think it's a punt. It's kind of a a marker of where we are, unfortunately. i.e. we've no money and we need to get these types of players. So um, I had promise for him that sometimes these things work out, sometimes they don't. Unfortunately, it's not, and I don't think he'll get a game. I think Michael Beale's spoken for him in, in his actions. He hasn't given him a game despite some of the injuries and uh, suspensions and whatnot, so he's not featured. So I think 
I think he'll go. Um, in terms of the, the the American view on James Sands, couldn't couldn't tell you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I think that says it all that you know that he's just not made enough of an impression at, at, at Rangers because that, as you said, that's the type of clubs that the the, the U.S. national team are are funneling their youth flute. But the fact we've got Tillman over here as as well, um, you know, trying to promote them, um, but it's just. It's just not happening, and yeah, I think I think we'll see him back at, at New York. If not, at the end of the the summer, it'll be um, maybe within the next month or so. Um, look, um, I'll I'll come to you, Chris, on the next few point here in terms of the sort of attacking part of the midfield. I've just gone for a for a sort of three. Um, and, I, and I imagine this is the bit that we could talk about for, for ages on this because there are so so many players um, that can occupy all these sort of positions. Um, so who, who would you sort of pick as your sort of best best 11? Um, I'll go through some of the players that we've got. Uh, we've got Kent, Tillman, Cantwell, Hadji, Arfield, Lowry, Lawrence, Wright, Sakala and Matondo. And I'll assume Scott Wright's your first name on the team sheet. <laughs> uh, no, not quite. I've gone with the first three. I think a four-two-three-one is the way we should be going most games. Uh, I think Kent, Cantwell, Tillman, wherever you want to put them, they could all interchange. I think they all look capable of being defences nightmare with their movement and that. Kent, he's up to his game. For for Bills come in, he looks happy playing again as opposed to just standing out in the touchline under Geo where he wasn't affecting in any games. Uh, Cantwell, we've only seen him limited, but he looks good. Great ball carrier, he's getting us up the park. I don't think I've seen him misplace a pass where he came yet. Uh, he's winning his fouls, same as Kent does as well. And then you've got Tillman, who who gets the goals and the assists. He seems to he seems to be the one that can just provide a bit of magic out of nothing. So I think with that three, once they get to know each other's game, if Kent stays that is, the three of them get the minutes together. I Nobody's going to cope with them in the league, I don't think, eventually. Yeah, how I'll start you, Chris. How, how impressed have you been with with uh, Cantwell this season or, or the three games that, that he's come in this season? Um, in, in terms of just, just offering us something uh, just a bit, a bit different, I allude to the uh, the number one, the, the ball that he had into to Morelos for the um St. Johnson game, just. You know something that he said in his own press conference that he liked to assist the assisters, um, and then that that ball that he had for for, for Tillman's goal as well. It's just he's offered us something something a bit different, and you can really see why why Beals brought a guy like him into Rangers. Chris, did we lose Chris? We might have lost Chris. That's okay, but no, I, I can't. I'm surprised he hadn't played for. Him. November, I think. Uh, mm. But he's came in. He looks as he's got. A, he did say he said he's got a good base fitness, but uh, I was surprised he's actually looked as sharp as he is. He's, I think the very first game, the the ball was up in the air. It came down. He's he just pulled it out of the air. No problem. He's touch. Uh, he's got that vision, as you're saying there. Him, Tillman, and Kent have all got the the vision there. So if we can get the runners after them, we should be picking up a lot more goals than relying on the same players as we have been for the last few seasons. Hopefully he can chip in with some goals himself. Yeah, totally. That that that's it. I think if he if he could add a couple of goals, he was really close at the weekend again. Um and and uh, yeah, just had a, a shot just over the bar. Um look Craig, I'll ask the exact same question to you. There's an there's a plethora of players to, to be picking from here. You know, I, I think I there was a few I had a few comments today because I said that if it was me going forward with something like this I, 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 if um, Tom Lawrence was fit, he would be included in, in any of my Rangers teams going going forward. I just think he's that good and and he can play any of those positions. I just think he's the ideal guy to be playing in a you know a, a sort of attacking three behind a forward where it's just fluid. But um, who 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 would you your sort of three be? Uh, it's tough, you know. I think I've answered most of your questions on current form. Uh, yeah. We're talking about you know what players bring in general, but. I, I agree with you on Tom Lawrence. You know, he's got a bit of steel about him that maybe the others don't. Um, so it depends on which game you're talking about in terms of picking them. But it's hard to disagree with, with Chris and 
by McGarrigal in the comments there. I think uh, Cantwell has looked extremely sharp since he came in, despite not playing. Uh, I think you can just tell he's he's got that he's played at a level above, so he's come in and looked quite comfortable so far. So him, Tillman, and Kent uh, Kent's become kind of valuable to what Beal does and how he sets up, isn't he, in terms of winning the ball back. Um, you know, if you go back to what Chris said earlier, we'll see how they do against Celtic. It's kind of that's kind of the, the, the test, isn't it? We, we'd need uh, Lundstrom and Kamari to have that performance and getting us the ball back quickly so that uh, we can have Tillman and Kent and, and Kent not occupying their defence most of the game. That would be wonderful. But, um, yes, uh, Tom Lawrence is out for the foreseeable. I'm not sure when he'll come back, but I think when he does, I think you'll find that he's probably in the start 11 for me. Yeah, just somebody that, that, that none of the three of us have, have really mentioned, Craig, is is Yanis Hadji. Because I, I, he has been such a good football player for us and I, I am really struggling to see, to see where he, he gets in here. I know that I know that Beale's talked about, um, and again, partly doing this just to highlight how strong we are and the depth that we have at the club because until it was on a bit of paper in front of me I, I didn't realise that this is what the squad looks like and, and on paper it, it is a very very good squad but I know that he will use the five substitutions but where, where do you see Hadji coming in is he going to be a sort of rotational player for for because the most similar player I can see to him at the club at the moment is Cantwell can you see them being you know in and out depending on who's fit or whatever or just the types of games or yeah, weird because surely we can't leave a guy like Yanis Hadji on, on the sidelines. Oh, yeah, it'll just come in, Kyle, whenever Cantwell gets injured. Yeah, I we'll need him, um, because you know, we'll, all, we'll always have injuries. You know, this is a reality we have to face. You know, it's Lawrence just now, it's you know, Hollander just now, it's Cholak, someone else in six months. You know, you just don't know what's down the line, but we need a good squad, um, and I'm happy with what Beal's done so far. He's, he's picked his strongest players as soon as they're available and we've mm -hmm. got results. I don't think it's rocket science in that sense. I know his, his tactical game and his man management speaks for itself, but you know, he's put the best players on the park. Um, Giannis Hadji's up there. Uh, between him and Cantwell, we'll need to see more of Cantwell and that's that's a that's a fight. I, I think he doesn't play both. I think he plays either or. Um, Tillman's just got that bit of magic that nobody has. You know, He's just... He's our, our, our match winner. Um, so, uh, for me, uh, I think Tom Lawrence starts uh, whenever he's back fit. But we'll, we'll need Giannis Hadji. Um, um, but it'll be interesting. It'll be him or Cantwell. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, it will be. Uh, but it's just, I hope it creates a bit of competition and it just makes the, the players even even better than, than what they are at the moment. Um, and before we move on to, to the forwards here, Chris, a wee comment from, from Paul McGarrigal's made with a midfield, if only playing one holding midfielder. And and this is part of the reason why I think Raskin was was brought in. I said it was only 10 minutes we saw, but we saw his, his engine, his, his um, sort of tenacity to go and try and, and win a ball here. So what what do you think about this from Paul McGarrigal saying, playing only one hold midfield player, we've got Raskin, Lawrence Kent, Cantwell and Tillman. Um, we know he's Beals talked about Tillman playing the the sort of six or, or the eight before, um, and we know that Lawrence can certainly occupy that position as well, but that looks that looks very good as, a, as an attacking, uh, attacking threat in the pitch there, Chris. Aye, it does good. It's easy to forget that Lawrence is there because he, he was out so early in the season. Uh, he did look good coming for a deeper role. I think he did play it in one of the games and he looked good. He's got a tackle in him as well and he is an attacking threat. Uh, I think we were asking the other day, you could see he's not going to be bullied. I think the guy he was tackling initially was twice <laughs> his size. He just went yeah. straight through him, straight away. So uh, uh, it could be, could be an option going forward. The thing about... Uh, Cantwell and Tillman, we were speaking on earlier. I think Beale's got them. I'm surprised by their work rate tracking back as well. I thought Cantwell would be a bit of a, bit of a luxury player, and I didn't think and Tillman's a bit of a luxury player as well. But he seems to, in, in the last few weeks, Tillman's, I think we were talking about in the group chat, the two of them had missed the most recoveries in the last game, <laughs> most interceptions. Uh, so uh, if, if you can get the work rate into them, then uh, as we were saying, it's 
good to have competition in all the positions. Plenty of players. Yeah, that's that. But could you see Rangers played in something like this, especially domestically? Like, because it is something that's been very frustrating, especially around about the stands and people are talking about it. What? Why are we playing with two defensive midfield players at, at home sometimes? Um, you know, Bill thought. I think he even said it in his press conference at the weekend. You know, I'm a fan of football. I just, I thought, let's go with it. I surprised my coaching staff by even <laughs> sticking an attacker on. Um, but do you, can you see Rangers sort of adapting to this? I think so. Obviously, keeping the two defensive midfielders gives you the control. I think that's what he's looking for, a bit of control in the midfield and let the, the forward four try and get the goals. But if we're playing against banks of 10, there's, there's no need for two defensive midfielders. But I think it depends who the personnel is that's playing. Like if it's a Kamara and a Jack, there's no need for it. But if it's if it's a Lawrence and a Raskin, then I, I think each player's Got their in, their individual qualities. They're going to be suited to different kind of games. It just depends who the who the opposition is on the day. I think. Yeah, that's that. Um, and and Craig, sort of the next um aspect of the team to talk about here, and again, it's no easier than <laughs> talking about the midfield as a uh, the, the the forward three here. Um. Yeah, we we could just do a full podcast just based on if everybody was fit, who 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 do we want up front? Um, obviously we've got Morelos who's come back into a wee bit of form since since Beal's come back in. Uh, I think he's in seven goals in the in the league for the season this year. Um, now we've got Cholak who's who's on eleven, uh, and Roof. I, I couldn't tell you how how many he scored off the top. Um, a couple of things to talk about here. Um. Apparently, a, a bid w- was received from uh, Konyaspor in Turkey, a team I've never heard of them, so so couldn't tell you. I'm always a bit dubious when there's there's links um, c- coming out of Turkey. I don't know uh, how much I fully believe the stories in there, but um, yes, yeah, an interesting one. Before we get into that, just would you say Morelos was happy with it? What what would you see was say was an acceptable bid for, for Morelos? Should, should they go? Would you take like a million quid for him, or do you think he's better in the team till till the end of the season? Afraid of Morelos. Uh, quite frankly, I love him, but I don't trust him. Um, I don't trust him to maintain the form. I don't trust him to maintain the fitness. It's fine just now, long term going forward. No, for me. Um, I think we signed him under Kashinia, is that right? And um, yeah. I know Johansson was responsible for identifying him and all that jazz. Um, but we've had our money's worth. He's, he's, he's not going to, he's, he's, he's let himself down too often with his attitude to put a price tag on his head. So he either needs to sign an extension, on, uh, which I think he probably should do, and then really knuckle down and try and raise that value and give Rangers the return that, quite frankly, we deserve after giving Alfredo Morelos the loyalty we've shown him. Yeah. Um, and, and go and invest in a new striker. Cholak looks good. Um, uh, I've just not seen enough of him. He started well, um, scores goals, different type of striker. I'd like to see us play two up top. Uh, Kamar Roof's made a glass, right? So uh, at the same time, he's he scored one of the best goals I think I've ever seen. Um so that's that speaks to his quality, but I'd like to see us in the transfer market for another striker um, and play Alfredo in the meantime until he inevitably gets fat. <laughs> Again, <laughs> um, easy for me to say, but um, yeah, I, I think you know Beal's played his best players. I think Morelos is one of the best players at the club. I just don't trust him to maintain the form, um, and I'd like to see us sign another striker in the summer. So, so- so would you let Morelos go then, or would you keep him based on that? I'll let the player decide what he wants to do. Um, you know, I, I, why would you go to a, a Turkish club you never heard of? Uh, I, I know some of the Turkish uh, clubs have signed some of our players in the past. Kenny Miller springs to mind. McGregor went out there, right? Um, yeah. is, is a bit of taboo when it comes to you know the wages they offer and what you actually receive in your bank account. Uh, so... Up to Alfredo, um, I, personally, I think that we get more value on, on the form he is in with, with a cup final and, and, and some trophies to play for until the end of the season rather than selling him for a minimum fee at this point. 
Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. Um, Chris Paul McGarrigal here says, the last few seasons, Alfie didn't have any competition up top. Now, Cholak, they can both push themselves on. Um, something that I've heard that a lot of times this season, that, that Cholak isn't isn't quite a, a Beal player. Where, where do you um, lie in this whole whole discussion um, in terms of Cholak fitting into the squad? And, and, and what would you do? Would you keep, keep Morales at the club, um, given that he seems to provide... Something a bit, a bit, bit different, a bit more of a focal point than than Cholak under this Beal system. Aye, uh, he's the best all round striker at Highbrooks. Obviously, he does his best. But I think we said in the group chat the other day, he does his best work thirty yards for goals. Whereas Cholak, and then we're in the box. It's obviously, as we were saying earlier, different players are going to be suited to different games. Uh, I wrote an article the other day that should be coming out in the not too distant future, but uh, it was as well. I was just arguing with myself all the way through the article. One minute I was saying, let him go, and the next minute I was like, no, he can't go. So I'm having the, I would keep him if he can, as Craig is saying, his fitness and that, he needs to get his conditioning much better. But I'm, I'm hoping this view resurgence under Beal is a sign of things to come and he can get back to a a decent level, uh, but I wouldn't be getting held to ransom by him either. And I think we should definitely be in the market for another striker in the summer, regardless. As Craig said, Roof, I don't even take Roof into contention anymore. Probably the best finisher at the club, but he's not yeah. available at all. So there's no point in persevering with him, in my opinion. Yeah, I just, it, it's. Yeah, he's been so unfortunate, Ruth. For what it's worth, I, I, I'm the same. I, if everyone's fit, I'm having Lawrence, Hollander, and Ruth <laughs> in my team. But I suppose there's a reason why these guys are, are, of this quality are, are at Rangers because they are carrying their, their injury problems. But yeah, it's interesting. I'm not I'm not really too sure what I would do in the Alfredo Morelos situation. I, I agree. There's a phrase that you've said there, Chris, that we shouldn't be held to ransom by him, and, and, and I totally agree on that. But if you'd asked me four weeks ago what my opinion was on Morelos, I'd have, I'd have driven him to wherever he wanted to get driven to um, myself. But yeah. now he, he's that's a couple of goals. He scored in you know the Kamarnock game. He looked really, really good against against Hearts. Um totally off it. It was frustrating the life out of me um, at the game against uh, Ross County the <laughs> weekend. So I don't know. I think it depends what week you ask me. But yeah, I, I think I largely agree with, with, with you guys there. But the point is, is that we've got a very strong squad now. Um, hopefully, you know, if we can see some of these, I was going to say Hollander and Roof getting fit, but even without that, we still got a very strong squad. But clear, there's a there's a wee few additions. Um, look, we have got about ten minutes of the podcast left. So, seeing as I don't think there's going to be a podcast until uh, the the Ross County game, eh, not the Ross County game, the Partick Thistle game. Sorry, let's talk a wee bit about um, about that. Uh, I'll I'll stick with you in this, Chris, with this point because you understand why in a moment, Craig. Because I don't think this this benefits you <laughs> more than anything else. But um, um, the 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 kickoff time. I, I know it's been moved for 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 TV, but four o'clock on a Sunday, Chris. What what is that all about? That that's a scandalous decision to have a game of football on at that at that time. I don't know what they're thinking. Like, what what games are affecting it being shown <coughs> earlier? I have no idea. Like, why could it not have been the afternoon kickoff? You're talking. It's, it doesn't really affect me. I'm only an hour away, but. For folk that are travelling over yeah. for Northern Ireland and for down south and that, it's just ridiculous for a, a Sunday night. Obviously, folk have got their work the next morning and all that as well. It's just a, a farce, but it's the the whole via play, I think, has been a bit of a farce. The streaming's been farcical. And yeah. Can he watch the bloody game? It's just horrendous, isn't it? Tin pot yeah, it, comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, oh, we could say that a few times. And, and and what time will you be able to to watch the game at then, Craig? Is it just a case of rolling out of bed and turning the TV on? <laughs> I just put my phone on the chest. Is the even easier option? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I I think it's magic. You know, the NFL has their big games <laughs> on Sunday night, Sunday night football, and it works yeah. over here. And then folks somehow miraculously make their work in the morning, but. Uh, I know. I hear what Chris is saying. I mean, we've got we've got a lot of supporters that travel 
and uh, that's a nightmare for them. But are they clamoring to get to see Patrick Thistle? I'm not so sure, but um, <laughs> it's an important game nonetheless because, uh, you know, uh, it's the cup game, so um, a result's required regardless. Yeah, 100%. Um, look, but... And again, before we get into who who we expect to see, what we expect the lineups to be, etc., uh, Craig, I'll stick with you here on this wee point. It is, uh, and I could not believe this when I, when I found this out that that there's eight Scottish Cup games over the weekend, and only two of the eight will have VAR um, at the games. Obviously, it's the the two, two big teams from 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 Glasgow, um, but that. For me, that's scandalous. How can a competition be fair if the rules are not being applied to, to everybody across the board? I think before I came on, there was something in social media. I believe that, that some of the, the, the clubs have actively chosen not to have VAR, um, which is, I just find bonkers, Craig. It's madness, Kyle. Um, it's, it speaks to the backwater that is the Scottish game, unfortunately. It means massive investment. There's just no, uh, I get the right word here, but the, 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 there's, there's no ambition, uh, you know, in, in the game. We need a massive cash injection, but that's just a farce to hear that. I don't understand how the game can be balanced and fair if only two of the games have, uh, you know, the standards required for the modern day game. So, um, no doubt. The other games will there'll be an incident and it'll be a nice big media story for the papers yeah. to run with. And that's how Scotland works. We just love a bit of drama. We can go, oh my god, can you believe that? I can because you know you're doing it to yourselves. Um Scottish game is just laughable at times, and that's why we don't get the time of day. Um so I waiting with the breath to see the Kilmarnock penalty. Yeah. And uh, Chris, uh, the exact same question to you. Like, this is just another sort of farcical episode with VAR. Like, I, I, my understanding is that it, it, it is available at these grounds. But as I said, clubs are. How can clubs have a choice <laughs> not 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 to use it? That's what that's what I genuinely find about mental, Chris. Ten pot, as we said. Uh, I think I read earlier that it costs each club ten ten thousand pounds to have VAR at the stadium. So they've opted out. I think Dundee United was one of the teams. Uh, they've opted out of using it, obviously. I don't know how you can have it in two games and knowing the rest. Uh, I was listening to Ewan Cameron on the radio. I don't know what folks' thoughts on him are, but uh, he was saying too much. he thinks... <laughs> he was saying he <clears throat> thinks from next season on they should... VAR should only be used in the semi-finals and the finals. I think that's actually quite a good idea. It obviously levels up the playing field and then once the semi-finals and finals come about, you may be introduced to the video. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what's, um, what other clubs' thoughts are, are on, on an idea like that. But yeah, for that does sound like a, a sensible idea from, from you and Cameron for once, Chris, but we'll, we'll leave that we'll <laughs> leave that there. Um, look, Craig, um, Next sort of question is, is before we sort of go, is is how do you expect Rangers to, to line up in, on Sunday? Um, we know it's absolutely massive for, for Rangers to, to win a cup this year. We know that the the League Cup final that we've got coming up at the end of the month is, is absolutely massive. You know, I've heard people saying that if, if Rangers win that, it could potentially put a wee question mark in, in Celtic's head and, you, you know, that wee bit of doubt creeps in and, you know, potential to claw points back, but we are getting ahead of ourselves. But how how do you think Beal will treat this game? Do you think he'll treat it quite professionally and start with a, a very, very strong lineup, or, or do you think that we'll see um similar to what we saw in, in, in the Queen of the South game and see guys like you are starting in in uh, Leon King and Adam Devine? Yeah, I think he'll start with the strongest team possible. Uh, I think I think it's more about minutes for me. You know, uh, understand uh, resting players for for games down the line, but you got to take care of business first. So I, I expect to see uh, a change. I think maybe Jack will come in for Lindstrom at the starting lineup. But other than that, I think the uh, the starting eleven will remain relatively untouched. Maybe apart from the goalkeeper, I'm not sure if he's going to bring McLaughlin back in or not. Um, but I. I, that's what I've liked about Beal since he's come in. No messing around. I'm going to play my best players. And I'm going to get the best results. Um, he'll be taking this game seriously. I know it's Patrick Thistle, but 
Um, you know, Rangers are one game away from a one defeat away from a disaster, aren't we? Always. So uh, I expect to see a strong team. Yeah, and and Chris, what what's your thoughts on on that? There, I, I think I, I largely agree with with what Craig said there. Although I can maybe see um, Anthony Cholak. Um, Starting up front for for Morelos in this one because he he's a man that's in desperate need of, of minutes in his legs since coming back from his injury. I definitely I think uh, as Craig said Lundstrom I wouldn't risk him obviously he's picked up that knock I think it's Livingston away after this I can't see Jack I, I wouldn't play Jack at Livingston away so I would be playing him against Partick. Uh, I wouldn't be making wholesale changes we we need minutes in the legs for. Obviously, get everybody gone for the the cup final. Uh, uh, but if I was resting MD, Morelos come out for Joak. He needs minutes. I think he looks really rusty the last couple of games he's come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we could maybe rest Kent if we wanted. Yeah, Scott Wright would be there. Should be able to cope with Partick Fissel. <laughs> uh, Craig disagrees. Uh, and as we were saying earlier, Tav could maybe be doing with the rest. But I think we'll go full strength. So. Apart for the changes, that's full strength for me as well. Yeah. Um, Craig, do you think we'll see Raskin start? It's a good shout, actually. Um, he needs minutes. He says he wanted to sign players for the long term that can come in and make an instant impact, you know, hit the ground running. So uh, there is a genuine dilemma now um, with the quality of players that we have there. Um uh, so I think we'll see him feature. I think I said in my last point, it's all about minutes. So hopefully we'll start a strong 11. You know, we'll actually put away more of our chances and then you can start seeing, you know, bring five subs on in the 65-minute mark or something like that and get some minutes in the legs of asking and the boys that are knocking on the door. Um, as long as we get the result, that's all I care about. I don't care who starts. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Um, and Chris, just before we go, can I just get a wee, a wee score prediction and, and, and maybe maybe a couple of scorers off you? Putting in the spot. We're <laughs> trying to be somebody are doing, aren't we? Uh, I'm going to go six. Goal scorers, Jolak, two. They've lost their last two games. They're absolutely dumb. We'll be, we should be scudding them. I don't know who the scorers will be. That's fine. I'll, 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 if it's 6 now, I'll make it easy for you. We'll call it a Raskin hat-trick and I can't do a hat-trick, all right? Um, and and Craig, um, <laughs> yeah, Craig, and, and who, who, who are you picking as, as the goal scorers and, and what do you think the, the scoreline will be? I think we need to do better at converting our chances. Uh, we absolutely leathered hearts and still uh, should have been a lot more. So I'll go with 3 nothing. And uh, a Cholak double and Scott Wright as a cameo. Oh, there we go. That's that. I think you've just said that to wind me up on, on your. <laughs> if, 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 if that's he's been a plan, on, put it that way. He's definitely coming on. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm. I'm the exact same. Do you know? I, I've been very critical of him, and uh, since he's sort of come out of the club, but I, I think he's done okay since 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 Beals come on. I think that's the the best that I can that I can say about it. But um, look, um, just want to say thanks to Chris for for joining us. Pleasure having you on, Chris. Cheers, pleasure. And uh, Craig, how, how did you find your, your debut in the This Is Ibrooks Network? It's great. I know I'm only on because it's uh, there's nothing happening this week, but uh, bring me back <laughs> for a busy week. I'd be delighted to come on. No, it was it was really great great having you and, and, and good getting a perspective from over the pond. Um, look, everybody, just remember, if anybody's watching that, that, that hasn't given us a, a like and subscribe already, um, don't forget to do that. As I said, the, the next show, uh, I believe this week, will be post-match um, on Sunday. I'm not too sure who's hosting that. I imagine it's Scott Patterson. Uh, he'll be back with a, a review of, of, of the Partick Fistle game and we can dissect the, the, the six goals that, that Chris has predicted. Um, but until then, thanks very much for joining us and we'll see you all later.
Social Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.